and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 9, Episode 28. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. I'm Jay. Now, ASD, it's your turn to talk everybody through your favourite season as a Spurs fan. So tell us what the season is, um, and, and then off you go and, and tell us why you loved it so much. Well, I was going to go for an AVB season. And the reason I was going to go for an AVB season was that was when I was having the most fun. You know, I was going 30 odd games a season. Like I was going to a lot of away games, going to every home game, Europa League games. And the expectations were lower. And I was just going all the time with, you know, my mate Joe. Um, but this, who wants to hear us talk about how we like grind out 1-0 wins <laughs> with Soldado and all that. So um, the season I've chosen, the one I've enjoyed the most going to see Tottenham is um, 16-17, so the last season at White Hart Lane. Uh, all the stats come from this, and I think actually that was peak Pochettino, because yeah. you know, like Scorsese films, every Scorsese film um, is in thirds, so the first third is always the rise, like, you know, in Goodfellas, it's what's his face, he starts off as a boy and he rises his way through the ranks, and then in the middle, it's like the established, it's the peak, and then it's the fall, that was, the, I think that was peak Pochettino, really, and peak this team. Um, and it was, we were just absolutely brilliant. Now, I've, I've got to tell you, 16-17, I only went to, uh, how many games is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, because it was right at the time I had my first child. So Zoe was born in January, so like I had to save money, and I just had other priorities. So I didn't actually go to a huge amount of games, um, but I went to a lot of big ones, a lot of important ones, and I never saw us lose. So um, 16, 17. Do you want me just to, should I just talk at you for a while? Yeah, yeah, talk um, about the season, you know, highlights of games, yeah. the squad, all of, all of that stuff. Brilliant. So pre-season friendlies didn't start off well. We lost 2-1 to Juve and we lost 1-0 to Atletico Madrid in the International Champions Cup um, in Melbourne. Then we had a friendly against Inter Milan in Oslo uh, in August. Um, and the season was, frankly, it was mixed. Um, the cups we were pretty bad at, really. The FA Cup we got through to a semi-final I'll talk about that later but the, the, it was all about the Premier League um, it's worth talking about transfers so bringing in I think it was actually quite a poor um, transfer year so we brought in Janssen and Sissoko and Wanyama and Kudu and we got Paolo Lopez on loan so Janssen just he was just poor he just wasn't good enough he was I think his problem was he was in the wrong place all the time um, Sissoko was also poor he was a bargain basement deal it felt like right now going into this season I think we've really missed him and actually I've, I've changed my mind on him he still has got no end product but he does there's a, a, a good job he does um Wanyama at the time was was good I don't think it was his, necessarily his best season but he was he was a, he was strong and Kudu was useless and Paolo Lopez we didn't really see enough of him but he was a backup but so there's a signing was really strange wasn't it because it was a it was deadline day and it just yeah. felt like a massive panic buy because yeah not you know he, he wasn't a Pochettino type player was he at all um and he was rumours that he was going to go to Everton and then from out of nowhere it was like no Spurs are getting in for 30 million I was just a bit like whoa what's 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 that all where's that come from yeah, yeah it was it was odd and it like it didn't I don't know what it added, because um, it, it, it obviously had a it had a really good World Cup, uh, yeah. yeah. But it just didn't seem to 
work. Um, we we sold then. We sold Chadley, uh, Ryan Mason. Now I, they weren't people who had to leave. You know, there were people who also left, like DeAndre Yedlin, Alex Pritchard, Ben Sleb and G and Fatsy all went out on loan. They had to leave really. They were never going to get in the team. That we'd move past, but Chadley and Mason, it didn't feel like we quite moved past. Like there's a bit of me that would rather Chadley over Lamella, even to this day. Yeah. Um, you can see, like decent Chadley. He scored hmm? goals. He was a he was a tidy player. Like he, he was he was decent Chadley for us. But then I suppose it, we got 13 mil for him, which you know at the time I, I imagine that would have been a profit. And 13 mil for Mason as well. They probably looked at that and thought that's quite a lot of money. But yeah, and 16 million for Bentaleb. Nasser Chadley used to go missing, and that and that and that was his problem. And he couldn't really, he, he didn't really have the skill of what we were bringing in. We we bought in Son. Um, where was he going to play? When was he going to play? Um, so I think I think I think we got good business for for, for Nasser Chadley, and I think I think Wanyama as an upgrade as 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 a replacement for for, for Ryan Mason that was that was an upgrade. Yeah, uh, eleven million. So we we so we bought him for eleven million, and we sold Ryan Mason for thirteen million. Yeah, that that was great business. But Sissoko perplexed so many of us that season, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, there was rumours that he came in for thirty mil, which was a lot of money for us, right? And yeah. um, but there was all the the talk. Obviously, we don't know, but it was a structured deal based on how much he played, and so it wasn't thirty mil. And if we we sold him after two years, it would only have been half the amount. So maybe Levy was clever, and it. He's turned out to be quite a good deal, but it really didn't look like it. And he didn't play much this season at all, like at all. Um, and whenever about... he did, I mean, whenever he did, he just he, he gave the ball away. He couldn't yeah. retain the ball. Uh, it was away. headless chicken, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just, just I, I, you could tell. I got, I got, I definitely got the sense it wasn't Pochettino's decision. No, no, yeah, no, no. Pochettino guy in the way Wanyama was. I'm not going to go for a game by game. Um, I'll tell you where, where we got to in each of the competitions and we can pull out specific games. So um, Premier League, we finished second, our highest ever finish. And it was an incredible season in the Premier League. It felt like every game was in the sun or under the lights. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so many happy memories from that season. We'll go into specific games. The EFL Cup, uh, the League Cup was was just a bit of a shocker, really. Um, we went out to Liverpool, I think. So we beat Gillingham 5-0. Um, Ericsson scored an incredible goal uh, early on. Do you remember? He, yeah. It was one touch and then a rocket. And it, it, that and Lamella was brilliant in that game. And I think Josh Onoma scored in that game as well. And it was just one of those games where we were just better than them. Like they, they, it, You just almost felt sorry for them a little bit. There was just, everyone was a step up. Everyone, every one of our plays was quicker. It was, we were just better. And it, I felt a bit sorry for Gillingham. But then we got knocked out by Liverpool. Uh, do you remember we lost 2-1, two Daniel Sturridge goals? Two absolute howlers from... Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I, th I think there was one bad um, moment from Lloris. There's a, there's a game later where Lloris makes some absolute howlers. I remember this Liverpool game because we were 2-0 down and he, he was making a sub and he put Wanyama on and I thought, what's that That's it. about? But That's Wanyama it. come on and bossed it. Um, mm. And we got back in the game, and we had—I remember us having a chance late on. It was a youngster; it might have been Shayon Harrison or somebody like that. But there was a yeah. young striker on, and he just couldn't quite finish, and that would have levelled it with a couple of minutes to go. Um, it just wasn't to be, I guess. No, um, 
so I'm, I'm whizzing through the cups just so we can talk about the Premier League, really. So um, the FA Cup, so we beat Villa 2-0. We actually scored quite late on, like 70 minutes, I think. Mm. Uh, and that was a bit worrying. And then people remember this fondly, but we played Wickham. And we we went 3-2, we went 2-0 down, brought it back to 2-2. And then we we it went to three two in like the last few minutes, and we were going out. Yeah. And then Sun got a couple of goals, or Delhi got a goal, and then they Sun got a goal. They should have beaten us, Wickham, that day. They really should have. They battered yeah. us. They they played us off the park. It was just they had Akin Femmer up top, didn't they? And they were just yeah. hitting long balls up to him. I remember Cameron Carter Vickers was playing centre half, and he yeah. just got he got he it, he was he got too caught up in the personal battle. Against, yeah, he really against did. him and was more worried about no I need to show how strong I am and how big I am and it was just a case of if you just push up he can't run in behind you Yeah, it, we yeah. just got we just completely fell into the trap of there being a big man up front and, and to be fair to him he did have a really good game Akinfenwa but I remember sitting there watching it just thinking why are we defending him like this why are we letting them put balls into the box because yeah. you can be brilliant defenders but look at the size of the guy like he's going to beat you yeah, it, it was such a great game to go to. I mean, I, 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 I was actually because you, you could pick your seat, couldn't you, for cup games? I was West yeah. Lapper, right, right by the away corner for that for that game. Oh yeah, and 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 the noise, the Wickham fact, Wickham felt like they bought the whole of Wickham. Yeah, well, they they got more. You get proportionately more uh, fans, don't you, for an FA Cup game? Yeah. And it's worth saying that a whole corner of the ground was missing. So a whole, and it was more yeah. than just like the corner stand. It was quite a big chunk of the east stand. So the corner of the north and the east stand. So it, for people who've never been where White Hart Lane, the cameras were. It was on the right, the right hand side, the right back. Um, so you didn't actually get to see it much from the camera. But it, an awful lot of it was gone, which meant it was windy and actually quite cold in the ground, which Wickham must have um, been at home, must have felt home. So I'm not sure if you've been to Wickham. I've been to Wickham about three times. I've got a mate who lives up there. Um, and it's the coldest ground I've ever been to, like literally the coldest ground. It's got no no protection on all four corners, and it's right in the middle of a valley. And so yeah. the wind comes through, and it is freezing at Wickham. My, my season ticket seat... Um, when we were in the old White Hart Lane, I was in the Paxton Road, and I, we only just survived, me yeah, and Carol yeah. Senior. There was only about 10 seats to our left from where the, the hole in the ground now was, so there wasn't really much to our left as when we used to sit and watch the games. And, yeah, there was some some matches in December, January, where it was it was absolutely freezing over there. But, thankfully, the football was quite good, so it didn't, it didn't yeah, matter right. as much. Next match was Fulham away, 3-0. I think it was just a bit of a boss in that one, wasn't it? I went, to the, I went to this game. Uh, yeah. You, me and you had tickets and you couldn't make it. Yeah, I'd, I'd suffer the child. Yeah, and, and I, 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 took my, I took my dad and Harry Kane scored a hat-trick and it was it was yeah. brilliant. Fulham is such a brilliant away day. Um, I, I haven't been to too many London away days just because it's so hard to get tickets. We used to do a lot of the games up north because we had yeah. better chance of getting the tickets than we used to drive. But for this one, we got the train over there. It was just there were Spurs fans everywhere. We had the whole end behind the goal, which must have been about four thousand, um, and the atmosphere brilliant. was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And we um, we were we were just class. It was three clinical finishes from Kane. Um, and uh, you know what? At that point, we started to get a bit of belief and a bit of momentum that this was going to be the year that we were going to break the duck. Um, and then there are three highlight games I got to go to, but the next game was the Millwall game. So the last ever FA Cup game at White Hart Lane. Millwall, like on the way up, it, it was a, there was a bit of aggro. Like 
they came just to sort of show off to say, you know, to say, you know, we're Millwall, we're, we're nasty people. And if you just sort of ignored that, um, we battered them in the way that we should do a League Two team. But do you remember, I was just thinking of their fan. I went to this one with Dan, um, new Dan. Um, we had a great time because I took you remember they were racially abusing Son by starting DVD every time he touched the ball. Um, so we sang back at um, he Show Me. Screamer, didn't he, Son? After about twenty minutes in this game, where he's been well, in the top corner. We were on a break and um, it was four on three, I think. And Ericsson and Delhi ran into the box, and Son took a really bad touch and had to do like a three sixty pirouette turn. And you can see both Ericsson and Delhi are fuming. But then Son comes in on his left, and from the the t- from the corner of the box puts it top left mm-hmm. and that's the sort of thing in Millwall playing day in day out there's no one in that league who can do that to go onto their wrong foot mm-hmm. and stick it in the top left hand corner so they're not going to expect someone to come onto their wrong foot didn't think Kane go off injured early in this game as well if really I'm... early on really really early on panicking as well yeah um, he was injured a couple of times this season but he still ended up scoring a boatload um Janssen scored um in the end and do you remember their fans they were good they were they had the thing where they, regardless of what was happening on the pitch, they just go, oh, like that. And so we started doing it back to them. But it was just great fun. And at six, like when it went to six nil, it was just their whole team was deflated. The crowd was quiet. Um, but it was rocking at White Hart Lane. And then we went to the semi final um, against Chelsea. And so ignoring for, so we. There was a penalty to them, which was was a penalty, and um, William scored another a decent goal, and Pedro scored what he always does, cutting in and sticking it top corner. Um, Matic obviously scored a, a great goal. But I think the goal of the season was in that game for us, where Ericsson picks the ball up and puts it in behind the defence perfectly onto Delhi's foot, who slides in and puts it into the roof of the net. I had, that was, I had, yeah. I've got such a vivid memory of that goal. Um, yeah. So I got a ticket quite late on. One of Sarah's friends had a spare, so I managed to go because my dad and brother were there on our season ticket seats. Oh, amazing, we got. Yeah. So I wasn't due to go, but I got managed to get a seat late on. And we were in about row two or three of the bottom tier, so it was really, really low down, right behind where all the subs were that, that were warming up. Um, so it was amazing because, you, you know, I felt so close to the action. But I remember just looking across the pitch and Ericsson picking the ball up and you could just see Delhi making the run. Yeah. Thinking, can he pick him out? Can he pick him out? And the cross. And there's incredible moments in football as a supporter when you know two or three seconds before it happens that yeah. you're about to score. And yeah. the excitement that you get in that moment is just incredible. When that goal went in for 2-2, I, I, I genuinely thought we were going to beat them. I was so confident. I was like, we've got yeah. on the ropes. And yeah. we did for about 15, 20 minutes, didn't we? And then uh, and then Hazard come on, didn't he? And scored that he brilliant scores. goal. And then Matic yeah. got an absolute screamer late on. It was just, oh, the heartbreak of another FA Cup semi-final loss. But I was at every FA Cup game this season. Oh, brilliant. Um, and, uh, I was so convinced that this was going to be the year we were going to do it. And I was going to be able to say I was at every game. But it wasn't to be. At two-two in the in sort of that first sort of twenty twenty-five minutes of the second half, I was convinced we were go- we we were going to murder them. Yeah, we were so on top. Then Bele was just running the midfield. It was it was a joy to watch. I've never yeah. seen dominate dominate like this in a, in in a, in a game like like this against Chelsea. But but it, it just it just was it just felt it just felt like the longer it went on. Um, they they were going to nick a goal and mm-hmm. and the subs they made we were pushing on as well really anxious to get that goal 
Um, and clearly we were leaving gaps and I think I think the, the gaps became in the end very easily exploited. Like, it's so bitterly disappointing. Yeah. If there was one thing that this team missed, I think from that season, frankly, was a captain or an old head. Like Lloris was the captain and he was fine, but it, I'd love to have had a more mature, like an actual captain in the middle of the park directing play to, to tell us to calm down or to pull it together or just to be more compact. You know, like it doesn't feel like Lloris is that sort of yeah. leader on the pitch. It's, and... it's interesting you said it, Esty, actually, because the, the, the pod that we did last week when my dad was on, he was saying that actually since Gary Mabbott, and he says Ledley King sort of is in this bracket that he he's felt that we haven't had a proper leader, somebody no. that does that. He said either he looks at the team now and he likes Loris and he likes Kane, but he doesn't necessarily think that they are that kind of leader. And that no. Ledley was a different kind of leader, wasn't he? Either in, in that he wasn't vocal, but he just had such a presence and awe about him. That yeah, he's an he, off the pitch leader, people, right? People didn't. He was just an inspiring person and. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You think if we'd have had an experienced player at centre-half or centre-midfield, would that have been enough? But it's just a shame, you know, I've forgotten quite a lot of the brilliant memories from this season. And just, just going through the cup games, you know, the buzz that that we had yeah. from that, thinking this is going to be it. Um, it's definitely something we'll look back on. And it's a real shame that Pochettino wasn't the guy to have won the FA Cup for us yeah. and, and been the one. Because I definitely think if you look back at his reign, you know, to have to have come out of that without winning anything is really, really unjust because the yeah. football that we played was just scintillating. This se- that's it. This season, the football was brilliant as well. We weren't grinding out or getting accidental results. There were some games where well, we'll we'll talk about the Premier League, but there were a lot of games where we were scoring five, four, five, sixes, loads of goals. Um, I'm gonna quickly skip over the Champions League like the, the Champions League was dreadful this was the one where we moved to um, Wembley and they kept on talking about how we were breaking records by you know the biggest home attendance but I think that's cheating so I, I don't think that really counts but mm. do you remember, we lost 2-1 to Monaco at home mm. at Wembley yeah. then we went to Moscow and won 1-0 but it was a bit of a dodgy game drew Leverkusen lost to Leverkusen at home mm. lost to Monaco away and then we beat M- Moscow when it didn't really matter and we we went into the Europa League and then went went out to Ghent. Um, we were lost one 0 away and then drew two two at home. And it, but it was one of those games where they went one 0 up. Then we scored, went two one up. We needed another, but it didn't ever really feel yeah. like we were going to make it. It was just a bit, bit of a bad one. Just a quick one on on, on Europe. That Monaco team was a, a really really strong Monaco yeah. side that nobody really knew a great deal about. Um, yeah. It had Mendy, Falcao, Lamar, Silva, Martinho. Like it, they were, a, they were a strong, strong side yeah. um, that we just. I think everybody in the competition completely overlooked because didn't they go on? Didn't they get to the semi-final, Monaco? Yeah, they did. Did yeah. they knock? Did they knock City out? Is that right? Yeah, that's um, right. Well, Bernardo Silva tore us apart. Like yeah. he's he's not a med, the main man at City, but because Silva is, but he he absolutely ruined us. Beyond what dropping down into the Europa and, and going out to Ghent was massively disappointing because that was the game that Delhi got sent off at Wembley in the second leg. Uh, remember yeah. he put in a it was a it was a bad tackle. Yeah. Um, and we were down to ten men, but uh, we should have got through that night. We played so well. I think we had about we played about an hour with ten men. And we mm. were just absolutely brilliant. Uh, and yeah, that, they just got that late goal and it completely killed us. Yeah. It, it was absolutely, the, sta- the stadium just got the better of us. It really did. I, I, I'm convinced of it. I just, think, I just think playing in those unfamiliar surroundings, just, it, just, it just didn't work. It didn't, we, we, we were playing a very different game. 
with a very different level of expectation on a, on a pitch that we weren't familiar with. Well, I think playing at White Hart Lane, even with the reduced capacity, would have, we would have performed better in the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to look at what we did to Inter a few, and half of that was was the energy from the stands, because um, it affects both both sides. But we effectively played every game away. It does really... show you though, doesn't it, in the Champions League how important it is to if you win two of your three home games, you've got a yeah. great chance of getting through. Yeah, because you're definitely. you're likely to pick up a one away win against the whipping boys, and then that puts you on nine points. Yeah. You know, so the likelihood is you'll get a couple of draws, and and that'll be enough. But you look looking at the group, you know, we had seven points, and Leverkusen went through above us on ten. If we'd have beaten Leverkusen at home, we'd yeah. have gone through. That that, yeah. that that's literally what it comes down to, isn't but, it? But but then also look, this I think this was his first season in the Champions League, Rochettino's. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean. He's learning, so, isn't he? And, and he and he qualified, and we qualified every every season since. Yeah. So yeah, um, some sometimes tighter than others. But it but, was Hernandez um, as well that got the winner, wasn't it, for Leverkusen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the Premier League. So the Premier League, we we only lost four games. So quickly, we lost two one to Chelsea away. Um, we lost one nil to United away. We lost two nil to Liverpool away. We lost a really painful game one nil to West Ham. Um, that West Ham game was painful because it effectively ended our, our title hopes really, um, and they loved it. So bless them, let them have their day. But we to... had, did you? Yeah, because yeah, I, it's my first and only game at the uh, at, at the Athletics Ground, at the Olympic Athletics. Oh, is it? Yeah, because it, was it the previous year that we went? Was that that? Yeah, that, so we went to the last, Yeah, we went to the season before at, at the uh, at Upton Park. Yeah, never call it the bowling. No, um, at Upton Park, and then we we I did this one as well. I did it with uh, with Ali Ali McCallum, and uh, we we both sort of stormed out actually after that. Because they, they were they, they, they were just they 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 actually played us really well, pressed us really well, didn't didn't let us get down the they didn't let us get down the flanks at all. No. Um, I actually think I actually think they did a number on us. Yeah, I mean, and it means everything to them. That's their that is their cup final. Like if there was a definition of a match being a cup final, it's West Ham. Anyway, um, but we had a couple of times. So December to January, we won six Premier League games in a go. February to April, we won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games in a row. Um, and just some of the stats are astonishing. Like you have a look at in total how many goals. Um, Delhi scored, for example. Delhi scored 18 goals yeah. in the Premier League that season. He scored 22 goals. He was so good, wasn't he, in this season? It was unreal. Scrappy goals in the penalty area. Yeah. Mm. Kane scored 35 goals. Even And Son scored 21. Ericsson scored 12 goals. Like, that's a big big amount of goals that we are coming um, from our front three, which we haven't seen in the last couple of seasons, and that, that's been our big pain. Uh, I don't want to talk about every game. I'm going to look through my notes now. Um, uh, my, I think my, my observation on this league was we lost it in October. What, the four draws? So we drew to West yeah. Brom, Bournemouth, Leicester and Arsenal. It was sort of over. You know, I think Kane, Kane missed a few games, didn't he, around then? Mm. And, um, and 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 we lost it there, you know. It's, yeah. Had had we pulled in a strong October, uh, we'd have been right up there. Just a couple of games for me. I'd just like to quickly talk yeah, about just that, that stick out. Um, early on in the season, we beat City two 0 at home. It was in the start of October. Yeah, um, this was Pep's first year as well um, 
in the Premier League and we'd completely done a number on them. Tactically, yeah. we just stopped them playing. We were brilliant. Sissoko played on the right-hand side of midfield and was magnificent. And that, that, that was when I looked at him and thought, well, actually, maybe we have got a player here. Um, but we were 2-0 up at, uh, within the first half and we just played them off the pitch. And I remember coming away from that game just thinking, we've just taken on one of the best teams in the country again, that's got arguably the best manager in the world and we've, we've completely done them. Um, yeah. So that yeah. that was a that was a real great memory for me, um, and beating West Ham three two as well um, yeah. in November we were two one down going into injury time and we scored two late goals. That was just the atmosphere with that was incredible. You remember that one well, Steve, didn't you? Well, we lost that game. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know that. Yeah. So that obviously. So um, I've I leave games five minutes early just because I've got to get home. <laughs> I, that's what I do, and I. We were losing to, and this game, I've got a photo of it. I was with Haley, and we were literally next to their their fans. So um, to be fair, it was we were in the west lower, where, and there is a gap between, um, the, so they couldn't literally grab us and touch us. But we were next to him. Lanzini scored a penalty at our end, um, in the south, in the in the in the south. Uh, towards the South Stone and he came over and crossed his arms and their fans were going mental and I was like I'm not sticking around to watch West Ham beat us um, and I heard the goal I heard the first goal in the car park and they don't let you back in then I heard the second goal but there was loads of people on the road like loads of people it was like it was like full time and then everyone ran to windows of pubs there's a very specific pub really close to the Sainsbury's it was like blue and it was it was more like a bar rather than a pub mm. um, everyone was crowding around and looking there and people going dancing down the road when it went in. I don't, I don't really regret it. I, I wish I could have been there for that atmosphere because it's worth saying this is the loudest season it ever was at White Hart Lane, even with the reduced capacity. Like there, some games, like the United game, the Arsenal game, which we'll obviously come to, and this West Ham game, it was so loud. Like I've never heard it that loud. Um, but yeah, sorry, Chelsea at uh, West Ham at home three two. Yeah, that 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 was brilliant, and and beating Chelsea as well in January two nil where Delhi got yeah. those two identical goals as well. That was so memorable because Chelsea were on a really, really good run as well, weren't yeah. they, coming into that? Yeah. Um, that and that, that was, was the game where it was like, that, 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 watching that match where we beat them 2-0 is one of the like, highest standard games of football that I've mm. ever seen because mm. neither team made any mistakes. It was sort of like we got two half chances and the crosses both times were perfect and the finishes were perfect. But other than that, ne there were just no errors in the game. It was phenomenal. Yeah, and I think Delhi is one of the games that is one of the players who's really hard to prepare for tactically because of his late runs and his his flexibility across the park. I think that's that was the difference that day, you know, um, and it, the fact that they were Teddy was brilliant in that game um, was Walker um, Walker because he made the space for Ericsson for both both goals because he was so quick and strong and he could he did used to go on the outside and sometimes on the inside he usually would take two players and he made the space for both of Ericsson's um, pinpoint precision crosses yeah. and that, that, that was that goals. was a brilliant brilliant memory and then just flicking on to the, the second part of the season we beat Everton 3-2 at home uh, in March which might not be a memorable game for too many people but uh, this was one of my favourite games of the season because there were loads of us and we all met up in the Irish bar before the game do you remember Javad was there I was with yeah. Sarah and her friends obviously you were there Asti. my dad was there there was about 15-20 of us that were all in there a couple of hours before kickoff. Yeah, that it was, was brilliant. brilliant it was so 
so good. And I remember Kane scoring an absolute screamer as well after maybe about 20, 25 minutes where yeah. he just dropped the shoulder and he didn't even really look like he'd hit it that hard, but it flew into the top corner. Um, but that was a that was a real, real memorable game for me. And then a few weeks later, we, we went to Swansea. Do you remember this game? When we yeah, were, yeah, yeah. We were a goal down going into injury time and beat them 3-1. Phenomenal. Yeah, that that Ericsson goal from that is absolutely brilliant. The the way he moves the defender without touching the ball by with the drop of the shoulder was absolutely brilliant. Um, Ericsson scored an amazing goal in the Chelsea two one loss earlier in the yeah. season. Do you remember yeah. where it's just one touch with left foot? It reminded me of a Bale goal against Swansea where he took it really early um, and hit it. Anyway, um, my highlight games. Um, Arsenal away, the draw, the 1-1, the Dembele run where he managed to get into the box and got taken out by Koscielny. That's what I wish we saw more of because he would do the same run but pass it a few feet before the edge of the box, but he was really dangerous that day. Um, do you remember early in the season when we played West Brom at home, I think it was, Delhi scored an absolutely brilliant goal. Um, it, was a, it was a draw away where the ball came to him and he swapped feet and passed it against the way all the players were, were yeah, it going. Yeah, it was a late equaliser, wasn't it? Really late. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, I forgot. Swansea at home, uh, we smashed them and where is it? Swansea... Yeah. It was four or five nil, wasn't it? It was four or five nil. There were loads of four or five nils. Um, Ericsson scored a header, uh, which is my, and it's it's like the weakest, my most meek um, header ever. That Chelsea game, um, that I was watching the highlights earlier, and they said it was the second time we've ever had a player score two goals in three consecutive games from Delhi, which was really impressive. Yeah. Um, obviously, we wouldn't be, we can't talk about this season and not mention the last North London derby. Wait, wait, wait! Before we get to there's the last, the last games are amazing. Can we talk about um, City away? City away two two was a, remember it was a really angry game. They went two 0 up after two absolute howlers by Lloris. Oh, One, it was dreadful goalkeeping, wasn't it? It was so bad. One, he came so far out of his box and just missed the ball. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Um, and the other one was, did he pass it? It was, a, he, was it a cross that came in and he just he he, he that's it. it but then dropped it as he fell yeah. down just straight. They're the type of goals that you concede them on Football Manager or on FIFA and you just yeah. the game's rigged. The game is rigged. <laughs> I cannot win this game no matter what I do. But then we brought it back and I think Sun scored um, a, a, a relatively late um, equaliser and that that was that felt offside, good. wasn't it? It was offside yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk. We went. Let's talk about the last North London derby. Oh. Um, we've talked about this often on this show. It's the the reason I love this game is I've never felt more comfortable or more sure that we're going to beat them yeah. before a game. It was. It was, We were never losing that game, like ever. We oh. could play it a hundred times and win it a hundred times. That one. This was um, a good result for them. By the way, with like, to, if you just if you didn't know about the game and you just saw the score and you thought I suppose beat Arsenal two 0 that you'd think oh decent result that that for me was a four or five nil game we absolutely murdered them played them off the park had yeah. a lot of chances at two nil as well to to really um, stick the knife in but it didn't quite do it but it the, I just remember the atmosphere with about five or six minutes to go when you oh. just know you've beaten them. Yeah, and they knew it as well, and you could see it in their heads. They just what everyone wanted to go, um, but it was rocking. And the goals came so quickly, one after another. I've got, I've got that recording where 
um, from recording the sound just after Delhi scored. It was a great goal by Delhi, his first North London derby goal. Um, and then we get the ball pretty much straight away after kickoff, and Kane goes in and gets taken out. And you know it's going to be another goal because Kane doesn't miss the penalty. In fact, he did miss a penalty that season at Southampton, but um, it was a dodgy pitch. But yeah, that was it was just fun. I was with my brother. It was the first time we'd been together. Um, no, it was the second time. And it, it was just fun. It, I wish every game was... It's worth going through 100 nil-nils with Stoke for those one yeah. games, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that, and that, if you look at that side for that, for, that, for, that, for that derby clash, it was a really good Arsenal side. Yeah. Like, it had, it had everyone you would expect to be at the top, like Oxlade-Chamberlain, Aaron Ramsey, Sanchez, Ozil... Uh, Olivier Giroud up front, Michelle yeah. back. It was a strong side. That that is peak Arsenal of the last few years. I think I'm a big fan of Ramsey and Giroud's effect. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Um, after Arsenal, we went to West Ham a few weeks later and, and lost. But then we played Man United in the final game. That's worth saying that the last few games or the last games you had to enter a ballot for. So usually you obviously have to queue, but this time you just entered into a random ballot. Um, and I managed to get two tickets, which I was chuffed for. Um, uh, and Jack, you came. Yeah, um, it, it was so so good. So I, I initially wasn't going to go to the games. My dad and brother were going on a, on our season ticket seats, um, and I, I hadn't. It didn't really bother me that much that I was going to miss it. But then as as it got nearer and nearer and nearer, I was a little bit like, oh, I'm I'm yeah. gutted I'm not going to be there. And then you said, oh, I've got a spare. I was like, right. That's, yeah. that's mine. I'm going, and it was so good, wasn't it? Like, well, there was yeah. obviously the match itself was excellent, and the fact that we won, and and it was against Manchester United as well. And if you could really have picked anyone to have played, it would probably have been them, right? The biggest yeah. side in the country. Um, so to have played so well, got the result, but everything about the day was so special and memorable. They had all the legends out, didn't they? There was the brilliant video and the the singing as well on the pitch. It was just, yeah. it, it's something that. If you were lucky enough to have been there, you'll always look back on it and be like, I can say I was at the final ever game at, at White Hot Lane. You know, then there's there's only, what, 35, 36,000 people that are on the planet that can say that. Yeah, we were north upper. So we were, I think we could see your dad and your brother. We waved at them because yeah. they were sort of down to our left. Um, the the goals were great. So Wanyama scored an absolute perfect header and then Kane got a touch on and Rooney scored a, a a consolation goal and it was brilliant remember it absolutely hammered down with rain for the last 20 minutes like really heavily rained and then um and then it stopped and then there was a pitch invasion after under a rainbow um and they were just begging people to get off the pitch get off the pitch because they couldn't start anything because they had to roll out all these um big speakers and things for the the rainbow was an amazing moment wasn't it because it was like that it, it was actually like going into the stadium. It was so strange that, yeah. you know, sometimes moments just happen, didn't they, in sport and in your life, and you think that was just such a perfect moment. Yeah. And um, there's so many pictures, isn't there? There's one amazing, amazing Photoshop picture, which I'll try and dig out and, and tweet from the podcast account, where it's taken sort of pitch side where the dugouts are and it's looking up so you've got the ground you've got the rainbow then they photoshop like bill nick in the sky it's just it it gives you goosebumps yeah um that kind of stuff very very classic liverpool isn't it photoshopping (laughs) legend yeah (laughs) um and the the finale was was odd uh because it was it was great and it was it was it it was 
definitely tempted to be classy, you know, because if you have a look at the West Ham leaving one, it's like <laughs> if you ask an American who's never been to London to do a musical about London, that's what it would be like. It was you know, so bad. <laughs> yeah. But this was, we had an opera singer singing Glory, Glory, Tottenham Hotspur and that, and we had all the legends, and it was great to see the legends. And tell you what, what else was good was just seeing how much everyone else was enjoying it. Everyone was just enjoying it for the, just everyone was in the moment. It felt like no one was taking pictures. Everyone was just in the moment. And it's the only... Apart from um, the Muamba thing, it's the only time I've seen people cry, but everyone was crying. Everyone. And you could see why, like, that this was their, their home. It was a, a place of comfort and a place of refuge and a place of escapism. And it was being taken away from them. And um, loads of people around us have brought screwdrivers and wrenches to take their seats. I remember that. Um, it was cracking. It was obviously great to be there with you, Jake. Yeah, honestly, fun. that's a moment that I'll look back and, and cherish forever being a Spurs fan because it was just, yeah. it was so special. I bought my seat, actually, and I was in the yeah. garden this afternoon, um, sorting my shed out and came across it. And I'm like, right, I need to I need to put that up. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was great that the club, you know, gave us all an opportunity to for the ones that weren't stolen to have, yeah. um, to have bought them and have that bit of memorabilia for the old ground. It was just, it was brilliant. And I also remember, because of the getting home watching the highlights and watching the the sort of the finale stuff back yeah there's that amazing um shot of pochettino where yeah. he's on the pitch at full time he's you can see his his face on the big screen behind him as well and he's just sort of like looking around nodding applauding because he's like this is this is my home this is my team and i'm going to lead them yeah. to the new ground like it was just a real real iconic moment that yeah. for me the, the, there's three iconic shots of Pochettino there's that one which is like right I've taken over something special there's the crying on the pitch uh, face down at Ajax after um, Lucas scores and there's the one after um, City where he's doing the big balls you know in the changing room um, but after we beat Man United everyone's really happy the last two games, people don't really remember. Um, we beat Leicester City 6-1 away, and then we beat Hull City 7-1 away. Like, um, Kane was, wasn't was a definite for the Golden Boot, but he really, really was after that. He went mental, Kane, didn't he, in these last two games? <laughs> yeah. like, they, if they didn't do a drugs test on him, you know, I don't know who's in charge of that, but I'd have been straight yeah. in the car, straight up to Leicester, and then straight to Hull being like, Kane, what are you taking? Because he, he, it was literally like, if he was in within 40 yards of the goal, he was just shooting... Um, most of the time it was going in in these last couple of games. Yeah. I mean, who gets seven goals in two games? It's that, mental. Yeah. Was, this, was this the calendar year where he scored eight hat-tricks and this was the, the half of... Was it this year? This was the first half of it, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts, isn't it? Like, when you just take a step back and go, eight eight hat-tricks. Um, the whole one you felt bad for him because they were relegated. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember a, a fan phoning into 606 afterwards saying that Harry Kane was the best striker that he's ever seen. Like an old man saying, yeah. like, I've been going for years. Um, I just, you just couldn't believe it. Because Kane was brilliant that season. He was doing, I tell you what, he was a bit more of a striker that season. You know, now he's a bit more of a, a Rooney type, where he's a little bit deeper and he's passing a lot more. He wasn't doing that quite as much in this season. He was just more of a, a finisher. And he, he was injured. And he had to share, like, re-watching the game, the games where we played with Janssen, um, it was like playing with 10 men. He was just in the way. You know, he just didn't seem to understand or wasn't able to keep up with the football. I feel like Janssen was the definition of a square peg in a round hole. Like, it just, yeah. it just did not work. Also, the, the whole City game. Do you remember Ben Davis scoring an, a rocket of a goal? Yeah, I really do. Um, Danny Rose scored a winner for us against... 
Swansea at home or Middlesbrough or someone like that, a really important game. Um, I was looking at Eric Lamella, though. He only played 14 games. Um, a lot of those were substitute and only scored two goals. Yeah, So he only played, he started six in the Premier League, came on for three and then one, and then he played three in Europe. So he, I, bet, he I bet 10 of those 14 games were between August and October and he looked really good <laughs> and he was going to be like a new signing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was an amazing season. It was just it was just fun. We haven't mentioned Kevin Vimmer, who is Kevin Vimmer. It was great fun to watch. I, I, I'm glad he's gone, but um, he was decent he was just... this season, though, wasn't he? Because Vertonghen was out for for a, a while, um, and he, yeah. he, he played pretty well for us. Vertonghen played forty. Wanyama played forty-seven times. Mm. Bloody hell, I didn't realise that. Um, Delhi played 50 games that season. He played more than anyone else. Incredible. And still scored 22 goals. He, I think that's his best season for us. Ericsson was good as well, but I don't think it was his, his best ever season. Looking, but I'm, I, I'm post-rationalising Ericsson now. Like He's not doing it into... Uh, he's not doing it into. Um, and there's, I, every time I see him, I, I see things he could have done a little bit better, where he could have tried a little bit harder or done something, but I think I'm just post-rationalising. You were saying yeah. earlier, though, SD, that this was sort of like the peak, and I, I'm just on Wikipedia just looking at the squad at this point, and I just yeah, look at the ages of them, and it's like 26, 28, 24, 25. Mm. Like, they are all in their prime. At the, they're all peaking at exactly the same time, which is yeah. something that we've said a number of times on this pod that, the problem with that is if you don't gradually replace them, that they're all going to sort of crash at the same time, which is exactly what's happened. Um, yeah. But for a lot of them, I remember Dyer in this season being sensational. Like, he must have been up there as well in terms of like the most games played because I remember 48. Him, 48 was it? Yeah. Well, oh, there you go. Like he, I just remember him being brilliant, either in in a back three or in the centre midfield with Dembele or Wanyama. It was just yeah. he, he was he was excellent this season. Well, Wanyama and Dyer, between them, played 95 games. Wanyama played 47, Dyer played 48. That's a huge amount of games. Yeah. Dembele played 39 games. I didn't feel like he was able to do that. Mm. Um, Bien, it's like, any wonder they're, they're all so screwed now, injury-wise. No, absolutely. Well, Janssen played 38 games for us in total, which is absolutely nuts. But that's mainly just picking up. I, I I never felt Janssen got a proper run. Um, he did that, when he first joined, didn't he? he maybe it maybe it wasn't that many, but he had maybe four or five games because his debut was at home to Palace early on yeah, in the season, right. um, a game that that we won one nil. Um, and I remember he 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 actually looked pretty decent. We played four four two, and Kane was just dropped in playing more as a ten. And um, he was clean through at one point in that game. He had a one-on-one, yeah. -on -one and it was like, this is it. It was Paxton Road end, and I was thinking, he's going to tuck this away, and then he'll be off. And he, the, the disconnection on the shot that nearly went out for a throw-in was just unbelievable. And you, yeah, it was poor. Strikers just have moments, don't they? And it's so important for them to score early on. It's very rare that you know a new striker comes in and they don't score for seven or eight games, and then they go on a run. It always tends to be they hit the ground running, or, or it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, I think it might be a a, a, a season um, in the last the, the season in the last ten years where we played the most ex players. Like Hull, there were loads of ex players. Yeah. I think um, we so we saw who do we see? We saw uh, Mason, 
we saw Chadley come back, we saw Norton, we saw... I made a list of them. There's about 10 ex-players that we saw. Didn't the whole, um, whole basically became Fulham, didn't they, in this season? Yeah. They were just buying ex-Spurs players. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that that's it. It was it was a great... It was a peak, and um, I just wish the Champions League had been a bit better. Imagine we'd had that the Champions League run that we had last season in that season, finishing second in both the Champions League and the league. I don't want to say that finishing second is the best thing that's ever happened, um, but it would have been felt amazing. Ah, the other thing is the kits. Um, it's worth talking about. So we had the Under Armour kit with the blue shoulders with gold trim which is a bit weird the third kit we played in like a mustardy gold um Mm. there was a dark blue top which we only played in twice i think and i felt that was a bit of a rip-off really um anyway i'm pleased you got that off your chest do you feel better now well i'm still wearing it Um, it was a great season though and, and it's, uh, it's, I think for any Spurs fan that will always be a really memorable season just because mm-hmm. it was the last year at White Hart Lane and yeah. to have done that, gone that whole season unbeaten in the league at home was just, or just unbeaten at, at home was you know a real real fantastic way to go out yeah it was a great yeah. way to go out um, let's talk about Spurs now there's been a couple of things that have happened yeah do you, want, do you want to tell us about them, Jay? <laughs> we did. We did uh... Let's talk furlough. Should we talk furlough first? Let's talk furlough first. Get the negative. Well, I think we always we always seem to get to the right place. There's two two things that really frustrate me. Um, first of all, impotence. I think, I think there's, there's that, and there's obviously the, <laughs> the second one's Abbas. No, yeah. <laughs> Second one, second one, that WhatsApp group. Uh, no, uh, the, the second one was 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 the announcement which came on the very same day that that, that we basically donated a quarter of our stadium facilities to North Middlesex Hospital. And when you and when you look at the plans, it was obviously very very well well developed um, and had been in planning for for quite some weeks. Mm. Now now it just it just felt like. We, we we announced that we we basically reneged on our initial decision uh, to furlough a lot of our uh, our back back office and backroom backroom staff. Um, we we obviously did it late, um, and it, it, it felt like it, rather than it feeling like the right thing, rather than it feeling like you you were going to get all of that positivity that Liverpool got from 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 when they when they went back on their on their initial decision it just felt like a big huff about time mm. um and then they and then they launched at the same time they released um the news of 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 how they're supporting North Middlesex hospital basically moving the entire maternity ward um into the ground which I think is incredible, absolutely incredible. I've no, I, th- th- there's no other Premiership side doing anything like that um, in support of the crisis in, in their local community, and it just felt like, you know, that they, 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 that that should be that there's more should be made of their contribution in in that respect, and and because because of because of their attitude financially to the staff, mm. um, it just it just felt like. Not, neither announcement really it re, really came out with much positivity. Yeah, 
I mean, it was announced at the same time Liverpool um, did the, said they were going to do the same thing and they turned around a bit quicker, but for the same reasons, reaction from the fans, reaction from the players. Um, it was the, the single thing that has united Spurs fans in having shame for the club, um, which I think it was a bad thing to do in our current... There's a bit of me which goes, it's a business, they're allowed to do it. Um, but, it and the, but that's the thing, they're allowed to do it, but it, it's, should they do it? Um, God, I remember this. This is a. They paid. I think it was twenty-six million pounds in interest fees last year um, because of the stadium. So they owe a lot of money. So it sort of makes sense. But Levy's made a rod for his own back here as well. Like there's been a few things, you know, where like Coutinho is coming out that um, Coutinho didn't want to come to Spurs because they didn't want to deal with Daniel Levy. And you go well. That's poor. His his way of doing things is hurting us as much as it's helping us sometimes. Uh, and it maybe oh, I was ashamed, but they, they're doing. And the the problem is now when they do do the right things, it, it doesn't necessarily feel for the right reasons. But the other thing that was interesting was at the same time as that everyone was calling for football fan football players to reduce their wages um, and give it away. But I don't I don't think people really thought about that because reducing their wages doesn't give money to the NHS. It gives it to the, it just means the club keep it. And that's um, effectively what a lot of the the elite players were saying, weren't they? That we're happy to yeah. help the NHS, but. You know, like we don't know where this. If the club keep the money, we don't know where where that money's actually going. And I think yeah. that that's fair. And I think footballers a lot of the time get a get a lot of bad press because most yeah. of them, especially the ones that are earning absurd sums of money, do do charity work and donate money and give up their time. Like that's part of what being an elite footballer is. Now you have to yeah. do all of that stuff. And I say have to. I'm sure that they would all want to do that anyway. Um, so I do think that they're, they're made scapegoats a little bit, the players themselves. But I think in times like this, football has got a bit of an ethical responsibility that it yeah. sport, sport's such a, such a powerful thing in terms of what sport brings to people is it brings people hope and it creates an alternative world for people whilst they're at those games. And that's what sport and football should should be doing for people. It should be lifting people at a moment where they're not happy in their lives and just giving them a bit of an escape. Um, so I do think that there's a bit of an ethical responsibility with football as an industry that is as well-known and there's so much money in it. Like It does need to do a little bit more. Um, but I, I can't for the life of me think that there are players earning 100 grand a week that are saying, oh, hang on a minute, I don't want to donate... 20% of my wages to help the NHS in this national crisis. Like, I don't believe that there's any footballers that, that are behaving like that. No. We've got to remember that, that this is a 15-year career where they're earning this at the peak of their career. Um, and it's easy to pick on young, largely working-class kids because they don't know what to do with money and they, they, they don't come from money. So they, they are at the forefront of the newspapers because they do buy flashy, stupid stuff. Um, but the they're also they've made something out of themselves and they they know they're not going to be working or they're not going to have that money coming in 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 a very very short amount of time they've also spent their whole lives working towards this so um and there's there are thousands of richer people than them who we're not talking about the bankers or the ceos and all those people and that that's the bit that frustrates me the fact that they were picking on these kids because because what they do is is they do stuff for entertainment really what they do is they one fund um, gambling and two 
the um or they move the wheels of gambling and two they entertain us um and that seems like it's an easy thing to do because it's, it's all about entertaining but there are richer people out there who we're not we're not looking at there are people who are taking money out of uh, making money out of this situation who we're not looking at and it's just a bit of a disgrace that they were being picked on um and they like they've already come out and they're doing stuff themselves like jordan henson led um, a lot of the players to donate and you have a look at what Danny Rose is doing quite quietly he's not the one that's yeah. out there promoting the fact he's buying pizzas Ben Davis is looking after his next door neighbour they're all doing stuff they're all good mm. people um, like you look at Toby Alderweireld donating loads of tests mm. and equipment they're all doing stuff anyway so we don't I, need I to do make... feel like some of it's a bit of a shame because I feel like footballers now are having to go to the press and be like look at the stuff I'm doing because people don't believe that they are doing it do you know yeah. what I mean? Because they get so much criticism and scrutiny, it's sort of like, well, that I've I've now got to prove that I am doing it, even though I'm not doing it to make, for the reason of making it public. I'm just doing it because I want to help people. But yeah. it's just they're in a really difficult situation. I do feel for them, and and like I said, I, they're they're humans at the end of the day, and anybody that's earning that kind of money would want to give back to society because you you know how could you not want to? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, exactly, but it's just it's just another it's just more barking mad things going on with our club, you know. Mm. Just think it's just unnecessary, you know. I think that this is this is a time to lay low, do the right thing, not do anything crazy. Yeah. I mean, you just you just look at what Mourinho's up to with with the players that he lives near. You know, he, he, they're all go, they're all going on little little training runs around 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 the the, the village. And he's meeting up with him in a local park, you know. And he's dra- dragging Ndombele out of his apartment, isn't he? And making him come and run this. Why are we doing this right now? Yeah, he's. Uh, he's I've been thinking a lot about Mourinho, and I, I, obviously, I'd like. There's a bit of me. I've, I haven't seen how bad it is, so I've, I've called a little bit. But I'm, I just, if if you had asked all Spurs fans, do you just want to end the season uh, and just? pick it up again fresh with new transfers I think um, most of them would have said yes and that's kind of what we've got this season's sort, sort of over like it won't be remembered really for how dominant Liverpool were because the last thirds we're not really we're not going to see because it's all going to be behind closed doors yeah. and so it's quite nice that we're going to sort of scrub this from our mentality and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next year like if you remember mm. was it Porto when he took over or was it Chelsea he, he gave a list of the players that he needed at the end of his first season went out and got most of them and then he won the Premier League the following season I can't remember the specific team or he won the Champions League with that team so that man is in there um, it, I'm, I just it's hard talking about now after just talking about 16-17 because it, we're so far away from that we're yeah, so far and away. Part, of, part of me thinks as well that modern day football it, it, it's evolved a lot even in sort of like four or five years yeah. and Spurs as a club now we're a different club than what we were in that last year at, at the yeah. old stadium and it's sort of like I know we look back and we're like you know that was such glorious times but I think that as fans as well we've sort of got to accept that we're going in a different direction now and that decision was made when Pochettino was ultimately yeah. fired from the club but that that, that yeah. was the moment where it was like right this direction is, can only get us so far according to the the, the powers that be it's not yeah. working enough for us anymore so we, we have to go in another direction and that might mean that you know the football's slightly different or as fans you maybe you feel a little bit 
less involved in the club because I know I definitely feel that. I don't feel as part of it as what I used to do. But yeah. ultimately, maybe that's just what modern day football is. And, you know, being an elite club, which we now, you have to put us in that bracket now with the stadium, the money um, and the players that we've got, maybe that's just sort of what, what it's going to be from now on. And it's good that we can look back on those seasons and the Pochettino reign with a lot of fondness. But also, like I'm excited for the Mourinho reign. And when we appointed him, I was so excited because people are yeah. forgetting that this is a man that has that wins. Everywhere he goes, he wins. Uh, you know, yeah. there's not a single question mark um, about success on the field with him. It's just whether or not he can get the other stuff right. But mm. you maybe maybe you can say I'm selling myself out a little bit here. But if if we end up with a classic Mourinho reign, and I'm talking three or four years where it all ends in tears, he's quite controversial, but we've got a number of trophies in the bag and we've been successful. You know, maybe we've won a league title. I'll be buzzing with that. And maybe that's... Maybe that's me being a modern supporter um, that, that I'm coming from a slightly different angle. But if you were to say that to me, I have three or four years of Jose, everything that comes with it, but you've got some trophies in the bag at the end of it. I'll I'll be happy with that. Well, mate, we've 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 had we had five or six years of of Pochettino where we had something similar. We had a real peak. It'll it's all crashed and burnt. We need to totally restart. But we haven't got any trophies, so why not do the same but have some trophies? Um, Argue, arguably, what what we didn't do before um, was evolve our squad mm. and evolve our management style quick enough. Yeah. And 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 you 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 could you that you could suggest we that 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 actually Levy's learned from that. He's learned from that in in the most brutal. Um, yeah. Can't crash way possible, but but he's gone out and recruited a, 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 an amazing successor for Pochettino, and yeah. he's investing. He just started doing it. He, he, start, he started investing just a little bit too late. But yeah. um, you, you look at the investment he's put into the squad in the last sort of year. Um, we, we we're right up there now, yeah. and we've had to because you know if we think back to that season that that we've just spent most of the last hour talking about. You've got to remember the rest of the league was pretty poor. Yeah. Well, it was an av- it was a bang average league. Uh, I think there is a lot more quality running right through the league um, right now than there was four yeah. years ago. Yeah, I really yeah. do think that. I mean, the way we were smashing teams, you you just wouldn't get any side smashing teams like that way now. Um, even Liverpool have found most most of their league games. Yeah. The amount of one nils they're scraping against a Bournemouth or a Watford, um, it's 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 not easy for anyone anymore. Yeah, that's very wise. Mm-hmm. And Jake, I know we're we're running out of time. The your point on that's the way modern football is. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. It's it's been like that for Liverpool and United for years, decades, yeah. really. And you look at Barcelona and Real Madrid. You're not near the 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 fan you're not near the players at all um and you just look at play- teams who are further behind us on the, on that journey and you go or, or even areas of the sport like women's football isn't as, as advanced or, or evolved or mature as the men's sport and you are able to get closer to the the players and you are able to feel more involved or if you go down the leagues like stevenage is my closest club um the captain went door to door in stevenage asking people to come support the club you'd never get that at Tottenham. yeah and i just and think it, because we're a side that sort of broke the mould when yeah. it's sort of like the elite clubs have really sort of always been the elite clubs haven't they and yeah. we've never we've never been there well, you know you can argue that we were you know back in the 60s um but we've never been there in the modern day so actually because we've broke that and we've managed to actually get in there with that that 
group of teams. Um, that's why as fans, maybe we're, we're feeling it more than anybody else at the moment. Because, you know, if we'd have stayed mid-table, we wouldn't be feeling like this at all because we wouldn't have the new stadium and all the expectations and all that that, that, that comes with it. So I do think it's going to be... I do think that the, the Jose Reim will end up being a positive one for us. It's been very difficult so far because he's he's come in so far and we had that initial bounce and really we haven't we haven't improved if we're being honest. Um versus when we had Potch. We might have had a few more points, but we haven't really improved. But you've got to give the man time, you know. We we said yeah. the same for Pochettino when he was appointed. You've got to give him at least twelve months to get the players he wants get his philosophy across. So we can't judge him yet at all. We'd be crazy to do that. And I know he divides opinion a lot, Jose, but I think one opinion that, well, especially from speaking to you guys, that we're all in agreement that Pochettino shouldn't have gone, but that something did need to change. And that maybe the club decided that the 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 thing that would get the, the most immediate return would be changing the manager. Um, but like I said, I do think that we'll end up being being a, a good move for us appointing Jose. I'll still always look back on the firing of Potch and think we should have held our nerve and we shouldn't have done it. Um, but I remember the first pod we did when Pochettino had been sacked and I likened it to like a relationship ending that if you've been with somebody for a while and it's not working, the likelihood is that the next person that you then go for is somebody that's completely opposite mm-hmm. because what you've yeah. been doing, you know, doesn't, you know, it's only, it's taken you so far, but actually that doesn't work anymore. So I need to go and do something completely different. And I think that that's, that's sort of the same, um, the same mindset that, that Levy's had with bringing Jose in. But like I said, I do think it will be good. And I do hope that one day we're doing a podcast talking about how we're, Champions of champions of England, champions of Europe, or with at least one an FA Cup, because that pod is going to be absolutely phenomenal when that does happen. Oh my gosh, yeah. We've been waiting so long. The pod is what nine years old. We've been waiting. We haven't had much to really, really shout about. <laughs> Not so. at all. <laughs> um, so yeah. But yeah, we'll all look forward to that day. But uh, until then, ASDJ, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, mate. Uh, and remember, whatever happens, the future's bright. The future's Lily White. Come on, you spares. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2!
It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.